This is Safety Bri, your number one safety geek. Why do we have the behaviors that we do? Superheroes in the workplace, right? All of those things that go into making you an effective safety manager. I love what we do. Motivation, learning, teaching, training, teamwork. I geek out over that just as much as I do safety. Hello, 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 all my safety friends. How are you today? Welcome. Welcome to the Safety Geek Podcast. I am Bri, your host and number one safety geek. And if you hear the dog barking, that is Reese, who just cannot stop barking at the people building the house behind me. So we might have that for the next couple of weeks. (laughs) So I apologize, but no matter what I do, I could probably put a muzzle on that dog and she would still bark. So I've come close. I've come very, very close to getting a shock collar. I really have, but I just feel like that's cruelty. So we will just deal with the barking and maybe you can't hear it. I really don't know if the mic is picking it up. I do have my door shut. So that way she can't um, be right next to me barking, which I know is what she wants to be doing. So anyway... Craziness ensues in the Safety Geek household. I cannot control my puppies. And here I am trying to tell you how to change behaviors of people. I can't even change the behavior of my puppy. Ah, life, life. All righty. So let's get on to our topic for today, which is a safety team of one and how do you manage it? I don't know about you, but I know that my last... 12 or 13 years was basically spent as a safety team of one. And I got spoiled because one of my first jobs within safety was in a department that we had, um, I was the safety director. I had two administrative assistants. I had two or three safety managers. And then I had like six driver trainers as well as a transportation. It was mainly a transportation company. It had lots of different divisions, but the biggest one was transportation. So I went from having this big team, you know, which we had 22 locations we were in charge of. So that kind of makes sense. But going to an operation of 450 employees and me being the only safety manager. And one of the things that I tackled was how do you manage that? And it's actually a pet peeve of mine. It really is because with that many employees, if you look at the quality department, whatever your quality looks like, whether it's food, food safety, lab quality, whatever, The quality department generally has multiple people. The HR department generally has multiple people. But safety, yeah, you only need one. You know, so it's kind of a pet peeve of mine. But sometimes that's okay, partly because technically safety should be spread out and everybody should be doing a little bit of it. It shouldn't all fall on the safety manager. But I just kind of think it's not fair. So it does kind of like a lot of times if if anyone's ever talked to me on the phone, it's one of the questions I always ask safety managers is how many people in your department and how many people are in your HR department. (laughs) And I wonder, you know, that kind of is a judgment to me as to what the company thinks about safety. So anyway, let's get back on subject and off of my little pet peeve notion there. Um, The other day or a couple weeks ago, I was doing a webinar in the Safety Geek Facebook group. I do, I've do. i started to do a monthly webinar in there. So if you're not in the group, make sure that you join. So I was doing a webinar about building safety awareness and I was looking up some statistics. 
and it said, according to the Bureau of Labor Statistics, that there are 5.6 million work sites in the United States, which I thought was actually kind of low. I thought it was closer to 9 million when I talked to some OSHA inspectors. But according to BLS, it is 5.6 million work sites. Also, according to BLS, there are only about 100,000 safety managers within the United States. So that means that only 2%, less than 2% of work sites have a safety manager. And more than likely, they are a team of one, right? So you're very, very lucky if you actually get a clerk. And you are also extremely lucky if you have a team like I had. So that's highly unusual. So most of the time, it is just one safety manager to several hundred employees. Um, What is so strange about this is that the work really never changes, whether you have, you know, hundreds of employees, or 50 employees, the work really never changes. And I used to say to people, when I started in safety, I was like, if you have a work site of 200 people, you should have a dedicated safety manager. And over the years, that number has actually reduced in my head, like in the last 20 years, to the point now that I go, if you've got, you know, 30 or 40 employees, you should have a dedicated safety manager. Because the workload doesn't change. Whether you have 30 employees or you have 800 employees, there are certain tasks that have to be completed for a well-run safety program regardless. And this was really brought to light with me with the um, kind of like the market crash, whatever you want to call it, the uh, recession, recession in 2008. So in 2008, so when I was hired on it at this job, there was two locations and there was 450 employees, 480 at the, at the highest, right? And in 2008, we shut down an entire location and then also let go of most of the staff in the other location. So we lost most of our staff. So it was probably down to about 150 employees at that point. Because like the sales staff was pretty much run out of one location and all of that. So what happened when this when they did this, I, I kept my job, but everybody looked at me going, oh, well, we don't have as many employees anymore. Let's dump some more work on Bry. But the thing is, is that to update policies takes the same amount of time, regardless of how many employees you have. Inspecting the facility takes the same amount of time. Granted, I didn't have two facilities anymore, but if you have one facility, unless they add space or remove space, it takes the same amount of time, right? Developing your programs, your SOPs, your initiatives, your incentive programs, whatever it is that you're developing for an improvement project, that takes the same amount of time, regardless of whether you have 30 employees or you have 800. I'm writing a lockout tackout program, it's gonna be the same amount of time. The only thing that does increase is if you happen to increase the space of the facility or decrease it, uh, increase or decrease the number of pieces of equipment, right? Or the fact that you have a different number of employees might mean that you have to have more or less meetings in order to train everybody, right? If you're more spread out, you might have travel time in there. Um, And you definitely get more interruptions when you have more employees because they have more questions. I would also like to think that accidents don't happen, but you also know you increase the number of employees. If your safety culture is not where it needs to be, that also gives you an increase in the number of accidents and vice versa, right? So that's one of the things that you have to realize is that even though you're a team of one, it doesn't mean that 
you know, the number of employees. Well, if I had more employees, I could get more people on my team. No, it really, the amount of work is about the same. Okay. So regardless, so if they start dumping work on you because they're just like, oh, well, we only have 50 employees. So you can start doing, in my case, they, they had me start doing accounting work. It was really funny. They, because they, they had a problem with Sarbanes Oxley and having enough people in the accounting department to spread taxes, to spread uh, tasks around. So they started dumping accounting work on me. And I ended up spending 10 hours a week doing accounting work. And then they couldn't understand why I couldn't get my safety tasks done. And I'm like, because it takes the same amount of time regardless. And you are giving me more work. But anyway. So what I want to tell you about is some techniques and some things to think about when you are a team of one in order to work more efficiently so that you can get it all done and get it all done smoothly and save your sanity. All right. So first thing I want to tell you about is what's called Pareto's principle. Some people call this the 80-20 rule. But basically what Pareto's principle says is that for every event or pretty much anything that you do... 80% of the effects come from 20% of the causes. That means that if you're looking at sales, 80% of your profits come from 20% of your customers. Excuse me, come from 20% of your customers. If uh, you are doing a piece of work in a group setting, then 80% of the work is gonna come from 20% of the group. If you are looking at your tasks that you have to complete, 80% of your results are going to come from 20% of those tasks. That's where Pareto's principle is going to help you out. So we tend to put a lot of things on our to-do list and we tend to look at it like, oh, we got to get all this stuff done. But really, only 20% of it needs to be focused on. So you need to identify what that 20% is that is giving you your 80% of results and just focus on that and don't sweat the small stuff. Because here's the thing, my friends, I love a good to-do list. Don't get me wrong. I've got a to, I've got several to-do lists, right? And I'm a to-doist user, but that to-do list will never be complete. That is life-changing when you really think about it. Because a lot of times I look at a to-do list going, oh my gosh, I got so much to do. I got to get it all done. No, you don't. It's never going to be complete. And only 20% of that list really has an effect on your life in changing those numbers and moving those needles and all of that. So question everything on your list and say, why am I doing it? What result am I expecting to get out of it? And am I getting that result? And if it's not meeting your test, your litmus test on that, then take it off the list or don't focus on it. Maybe keep it on the list, but it's not hitting the top 20%. So you'll do it when you get to it, all right? So that's number one. So that's gonna help you eliminate tasks that you shouldn't be doing anyway. Tip number two to make this run smoothly when you are a team of one is batching your tasks. So now that you've got your task list and everything that you do kind of down to stuff that you say, this is the 20% that I need to do. Group all those tasks by similarities. So maybe these are tasks that need to be done while I'm sitting at my desk in front of my computer. These are the tasks that have to be done when I go to the, to the main office. These are tasks that have to be done on every Wednesday. These are tasks that have to be done like that or have to deal with filing or paperwork. So group them that way. 
And then look at how frequently you are actually doing those tasks and question their frequency because you might not have to run that report every week. Maybe running that report every two weeks will be just as good and it will help eliminate some of those tasks. Updating policies and procedures is another great one. I used to like be adamant that they had to be updated every year when in fact you can go every two to three years, especially if you have a program that's running smoothly. So I'm a fan of two years now, but if somebody was doing three years, it wouldn't bother me either. I wouldn't go much more than three though. So look at your frequency of that you're doing things. Okay, so what you're going to do is try to get these tasks batched together so that when you're sitting at your computer, what tasks am I going to do? And I'm going to do everything related to computer work all at once. Everything that I have to do facing this computer is going to get done all at once. Because here's the thing, the way the brain likes to work is that it likes to be efficient. And if you are task switching going, I'm going to do some filing. I'm going to check my email. I'm going to, you know, run outside and do an inspection. It doesn't like that. But if you sit down and go, okay, I have to update my lockout tagout program. I want to update my list of authorized people for lockout tagout. I want to look at my training materials for lockout tagout. All those have to be done on your computer, right? You can do that just sitting there. You will get through it quicker and faster, and it gives you more efficiency, right? Which is what quicker and faster mean. I know I'm kind of repeating myself. But anyway, your brain likes that. So you have to make sure that you stay on task and you complete it until the end. Like if you didn't finish updating your lockout tagout policy because you got interrupted and you had to walk away from your desk, it is going to take your brain so much longer to get back to this point that you were when you go back to work on it. And I know a lot of people out there like, no, 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 I can multitask with the best of them. Multitasking is a myth. And I would love to show you how it is a myth one day, but I can't do that on an audio version. But anyway, it's not true. Your brain does not like task switching. They've proven this over and over again. And I will tell you for a fact that when you remain on one project and focus on that project all the way to completion, you will get it done a heck of a lot quicker than you thought that you would. So that's why we're going to group tasks by similarities. So when you're sitting at your computer, you're going to do all the computer work. When you are doing an inspection or when you're out on the floor or whatever it is you're doing, you're going to do all the work that has to be related to that. If somebody hands you paperwork, it just goes into the paperwork file. And then when it's time to do paperwork, that's when you're going to do the paperwork. Just because somebody hands you a paper to be filed or something to be looked at, it doesn't mean you have to look at it right at that moment. That's what inboxes are for, right? And a lot of people feel like, no, I want them to know I take priority over it. They want to know that it's important. Your time is important. The results that you get are important. Not reading that memo right then and there. The same goes for email. I check my email twice a week. That's it. And when I was working in an office, I used to check it twice a day. I would check it at 1230 and I would check it at 4 p.m. And that's it. And I used to tell people, if it's an emergency, then you can text me. Otherwise, send it in an email and I'll, and I'll respond back. Very few jobs do you need to be sitting in front of your email checking it all the time. Checking email is a task switching activity and it's going to slow you down. So that's how I ended up managing so much was that I would batch my tasks by days of the week 
and by the type of task it was, if people handed me like inspection reports or anything like that, that I had to review any paperwork and went into a paperwork file. And once a week I would do paperwork and once a week I would do computer work and then twice a day I would check my email. And what that did is it freed up enough time that I could actually go out and be most effective, which is observing people, coaching people, all of that good stuff. Now, the last tip I have for you to make it run smoothly is to leverage other employees. This means your safety committee. You know, you might have department safety champions. You might have a mentorship program where one employee mentors another employee. You might have something that I like to call program owners, where you have employees or members of management who actually own the lockout tagout program and they're in charge of it. You're just the consultant making sure it's meeting regulations. That's something too. So look at the tasks that you want done and say, does this have to be completed by me? And can I pass this off to somebody else? Great example of this is your filling your first aid kits, checking your fire extinguishers, checking your exit lights and your security lights, inspecting the exit routes. These are all things safety committee can easily do, right? Program department champions and men- a mentorship program, you can put them in training. It, you put them in charge of training new hires on their program or the safety policies for the department. So that way it's not falling on you. And program owners, I love to have program owners. And I never got it to where all 20 programs, I had an owner for each. But for my biggest ones, I had a program owner for lockout tagout, hazard communication, forklift operation, first aid and accident reporting. And that one was an accident investigation committee as well. Um, I can't remember the other one. I think I had five total. But anyway... I would put an employee in charge of the program. And what this did was it freed me up. They did all the training on the program with anybody out there. They did all the observations on the program. I just reviewed their work and coached them and made sure that it was meeting compliance. So it kind of freed me up. So when you have 450 employees in two locations and you're spread super thin, that's how you get all the work done you know, or 800 employees or 2000 employees, you know, whatever it happens to be in your case. But don't think that it's unusual if you're a safety team of one. That's actually kind of normal. So, but a lot of this is just time management and efficiency and recognizing that when you are task switching, so don't don't task switch. Just stay on one task until completion. You'll get a heck of a lot more done. All right. So kind of a short one for you today, guys. I hope you enjoyed that. Um, Stay warm out there. I know winter is coming. So you guys have an amazing day. Thank you. Bye-bye. Check out the show notes and links for this week's show at www.asksafetygeek.com. Hey, did you know that there's an Ask Safety Geek Facebook group? You can find it on the Safety Geek page at facebook.com forward slash Geek. Be sure to join the group where we share safety manager stories and best tips and tricks within the community. Thanks for listening and have a safe day. 
Talk to you soon.